We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I talk about pro-Biden evangelicals. And I'm going to ask you all this one question, if you're one of these people. What say you now, as you look at the world collapsing around us, Afghanistan to your own back door, our own borders, and our own economy. How are you feeling about having a decent man in the White House now? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. If you listen to my show at all, you know that I'm frustrated with this group of people that call themselves pro-Biden evangelicals or pro-life evangelicals for Biden. During the campaign, these people came out and they established their own websites. They wrote articles for the mainstream media that were posted nationally, where they said that they would not lower themselves to the, to the point of voting for such a vile human being as Donald Trump. His acerbic tweets, his juvenile temperament, his vocabulary, his attitude was something that they, as evangelical Christians, would never support. They could not do that. Therefore, they were calling upon the nation to vote for a decent man, Joe Biden, and that once we got him in the White House, our country would regain its civility. And as evangelical Christians, they were calling upon the church to rally behind Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. Well, I have a question for y'all now. How are you feeling about having a decent man in the White House? I want to ask that question one more time. You pro-life, pro-Biden evangelicals, you pro-Biden evangelicals, you pro-life evangelicals for Biden, whatever label you give yourself, how are you feeling about everything now? Do you feel any responsibility for the people that are being beheaded and executed in Afghanistan right now? Do you feel any responsibility for the people that are in the lower middle class that struggle to pay their weekly bills, that are having to pay exorbitant amounts just for food, that can't even find given products in the stores? Do you feel any responsibility that our supply chains are broken and that we can't even get stuff anymore? Do you feel any responsibility for our borders? What borders? I shouldn't even say it that way. Do you feel any responsibility that we are now a nation without borders and therefore we probably aren't a nation at all? So what do you say now about all the human trafficking that's pouring across our southern border with Mexico? 
You feel any responsibility for this? Those of you who said, I will not lower myself. I'm a better person than that to lower myself to voting for such a vile human being as that orange man in the White House who does all those bad tweets. Oh, you, you conservatives say, well, the economy is better. Well, there's something more important than the economy. You conservatives that say, well, we haven't started any wars underneath Donald Trump's leadership. Well, there's something more important than that. There's my integrity. We need to have a decent man in the White House. I told you the story about this professor that used to work for me at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a communications professor that now works for a Catholic institution in Kansas, who tweeted immediately after the election, finally, finally we have a man who's honest, a decent man in the White House. Well, Dr. Cochran, what say you now? What say you now about this decent man in the White House? As you watch as you watch these horror stories about these poor people in Afghanistan who were left abandoned by this decent man who could care less about their freedom, their dignity, their humanity. What say you now about the curriculum that's pervasive in our schools where our children are being indoctrinated to be anti-science, science deniers, where they don't even know what a woman is, a female is any longer. The difference between a male and a female is not even a scientific fact any longer. It's just a fabrication of their neo-gnosticism that's being rammed down their throat at the youngest of ages, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. They're being taught this nonsense, stuff that makes no sense. What say you now about the decent man in the White House? What say you now about the supply chains being broken down in Los Angeles Harbor, having more than 100 ships just sitting out there because we're doing nothing to get the products off those ships into our country so that people can buy things that they need? What say you now about the decent man in the White House? How about my other professor, still working at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, who wrote an article saying he would never loyal, lower himself. No, let, forgive me, let me say that again. He would never lower himself to voting for such a vile human being as Donald Trump. That he would gladly give up his freedom. That's a quote from his article. He would gladly give up his freedom rather than vote for the orange man. Well, what say you now, Dr. McNall? What say you now? about giving up your freedom. It's not yours to give up, by the way, because when you give up freedom, you give up something that belongs to everybody, not just you. You can't give it up as if it's yours. It's not. It's the country's. It was fought for. It was bled for. People died for it, and you're going to give it up? Well, when you give up the freedom of the United States, guess what? People around the world lose their freedom, too, and many of them are actually losing their heads. But, well, no, you didn't vote for a guy that tweeted all those mean things. It's stunning to me, people, that these smart folks don't understand the difference between a constitutional republic, a covenantal government, versus one that's hierarchical. The difference between voting for a hierarchy, top-down government, a monarchy, uh, uh, a dictatorship... Uh, an organization, a country, a government that's run by the smart folks at the top, telling everybody else how they will live their lives, how they will buy their products, when they can go shopping, whether or not they can go to church, 
who's going to live next to them, who can't live next to them, all of this stuff that's going on in our country right now, our country right now, this hierarchical philosophy where it doesn't matter what you rubes out in the heartland think about your personal freedoms. You have to give up your freedoms for the sake of the common good. Anthony Fauci just said that. That is a quote from the Marxist playbook. Anthony Fauci is a Marxist. Black Lives Matter is run by Marxists. Critical race theory is a neo-Marxist theory. AOC is a Marxist. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. And it appears that Joe Biden must be because he's implementing all of these radical socialist Marxist agendas so fast that it would make your head spin. But finally, we have a decent man in the White House. So say the Biden evangelicals. Let's take a break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the rebellion. I, I obviously am irritated. I'm angry. These people that say that they're Christian Democrats, evangelical Democrats, pro-Biden evangelicals. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm at the point where I, what are you talking about? How can you embrace any of the ideology of the Democrat Party and claim to be an evangelical Christian? I'm serious. I really am asking that question. And I know some people are offended by that. You know, our politics don't define our faith. Well, ideas have consequences. I've said it a thousand times on this show. Ideas have consequences. And I'm not claiming that Republican ideas are perfect. There are some Republican ideas that need to be critiqued and, frankly, abandoned because they're inconsistent with the Bible. I agree with that. The Republican Party platform isn't perfect. But when you're looking at your options on who you're going to vote for in this country, you have to look at your options, if you're a Christian, through the lens of Scripture. And there are certain things that the Bible definitely condones, and there are certain things that the Bible absolutely condemns. The The Bible condemns... Um, Debauchery, for example. The Bible's very clear on sexual morality, sexual ethics. And yes, those are private matters, but they're also public matters when our politicians make them public. I've said a hundred times, if you want me to stay out of your bedroom, then shut the door. Stop opening the door up to the public and then inviting the public to stand there and force them to applaud what you do in your bedroom. You're the one who's making it public if you open up the bedroom door and tell everybody what it is that you enjoy doing. Stop. Stop. We don't want to know. Now, as a Christian, I think you should repent of those things that are unbiblical, but I realize that not everybody in our country is Christian. And therefore, our Constitution gives people the freedom to make personal choices that might be out of line with a biblical ethic in terms of morality and personal choice. Now, I have family members that do things that I don't think are biblical, but I don't think they should be illegal. 
But I also don't think that they should turn around and force me to condone those things and condemn me to some sort of illegal status where I'm a second-class citizen if I disagree with their choices. There was a time when everybody in our country understood this. If people want to do things privately that we think are immoral, sexually, for example, then we just left them alone. We didn't intrude into their space. We didn't tell them that they had to go to prison. I mean, come on. We just didn't. You know, the worst that I remember with regard to the LGBTQ stuff when I was a kid is some people were unfairly mocked. There were jokes about them. People made fun of them. That was the worst thing that happened to people that might have been homosexual, might have been gay. They weren't thrown in prison. Now, was it right to mock them and make fun of them? No. No, Christians shouldn't do that either. Frankly, I don't remember myself doing that. I remember sitting on the sidelines and watching my buddies mock and malign and make fun of people that were effeminate and therefore probably gay, etc., etc. That's not a Christian thing to do. We shouldn't do that either. But now the tables have turned. I'm the one mocked. I'm the one maligned. I'm the one that is put into a second-class citizen status because I disagree. I simply disagree. Therefore, I'm a hater. Therefore, you need to call in the FBI to investigate me. Therefore, you need to censor me. You need to pull my podcast down. You need to pull down my articles that I write for the Washington Times. You need to censor those things. That's where we are right now. And it's the responsibility of evangelicals for Biden in great measure because they wanted a decent man in the White House. So now we've got one. But everything I'm rattling off right now is relatively inconsequential compared to the other horrors that are going around going on around the world. For example, I've got an article in front of me right now. It's the Wall Street Journal, October 16th. So it's a current article. It's written by, let me see, who's the author of this article? It's written by Saeed Shah. Saeed Shah for the Wall Street Journal. What's the headline for this article? As Afghanistan sinks into destitution, some sell children to survive. Now, 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 let that sink in. This is a Wall Street Journal article. It's not Christian news. It's not. It's 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 not. It's not a conservative news outlet per se. Now, the Wall Street Journal, some would cl- claim, is more conservative than the LA Times or the New York Times or the Washington Post, and that's true. But the Wall Street Journal is not a Christian piece. It's a balanced publication that tries to give you a balanced view of the world's news. As Afghanistan, excuse me, as Afghanistan sinks into destitution, some sell children to survive. The subtitle to this article is, The United Nations warns that 95% of Afghans aren't getting enough to eat as winter approaches. Now just stop and think about this. 
Here's an excerpt from the article. Desperate to feed her family, Saliha, a house cleaner here in western Afghanistan, has incurred such an insurmountable debt that the only way she sees out is to hand over her three-year-old daughter to the man who lent Salia the money. So this woman, a house cleaner in western Afghanistan, borrowed money. And the only way she sees to pay that debt, the only way she sees out of her present situation right now is to hand over her three-year-old daughter. Daughter's name is Najiba. To the man who lent the family money. What's the debt? $550. So Salia, 40-year-old mother of six, who goes by one name, she doesn't have a second name, it's probably to protect herself, I don't know, earns 70 cents a day cleaning homes in a wealthier neighborhood of Herat. Her much older husband doesn't have any work. So this woman is left to provide for the household. And what is she making? 70 cents a day. She's got a $550 debt. The article goes on and talks about the deepening poverty in Afghanistan, the humanitarian crisis that is worsening, as they say in the article, fast after the Taliban seized power on August 15th. One more time, the crisis that's worsening fast after the Taliban seized power on August 15th. So the picture here in this article, I wish you could see it. It's a young boy, I'm going to say he's uh, seven to maybe nine years old. He's walking through the garbage that's strewn, ankle deep, and I'm not exaggerating, ankle deep off of a street in Afghanistan somewhere. It's just disgusting. He's walking through the garbage. He's got bags uh, that he's carrying over his shoulder that are, each bag appears to be twice the size of him. He's collecting plastic bottles and other trash to sell for recycling in order to make money and survive. Now, 95% of Afghans aren't getting enough to eat, says the article. 95%. Almost the entire Afghan population of 40 million people could fall below the poverty level in the coming months. The article goes on. It says, while the, now listen to this. I want you to listen to this and ask yourself, what responsibility do you have if you're a pro-Biden evangelical? The article says this, with the financial system and trade paralyzed after the Taliban takeover, prices for basic food items like flour and oil have doubled. The lender in this story, the guy who lended the money to the woman that's the feature of this story. The lender offered 
early this month to write off the debt, the $550 debt, if the mother would hand over her little girl, her three-year-old daughter. Now, you think, well, we can't, we can't solve the world's problems. No, we can't. I mean, there are places in the world that we can't change the way they've chosen to live. But while we can't solve the world's problems, we might want to stop creating them. Joe Biden and the way he pulled out of Afghanistan, this was incompetent. This was criminal. This was immoral. And you know there are, there are stories out there where he literally said behind closed doors with regard to the Afghan people and the consequences of what he was doing, F them. Yeah, yeah. We, we know that. We know that, that that was his attitude and that is his attitude about these people. Oh, F them. Well, okay, that's where we are right now. And we have young mothers who are actually thinking of selling their daughters into sex slavery. Oh, you can call it what you want. This, this, is, a, this is giving over her daughter to another family so that the daughter can be uh, a housekeeper, so that the daughter can wash the laundry, so that the daughter can do all these things in her younger years until she reaches the age of maturity, and then she will be forced to marry one of the men in the family. You can call it what you want, but this is sex slavery. You're selling your children into slavery. The girl's three years old. Three years old. The mother in a quandary actually says this, if life, life continues, if life continues to be this awful, I will kill my children and myself. I, do, I don't even know what we will eat tonight. Her husband jumped in. I don't know if the guy's a good guy or a bad guy. It's hard to tell, but he jumps in and he says this, I will try to find money to save my daughter's life. So apparently, he's a good guy. That's where we are right now. That's where we are. And we have pro-Biden evangelicals celebrating the fact that we've got a decent man in the White House. We have people that say that they're pro-life evangelicals for Biden, celebrating that we have a man in the White House whose policies are so radical that he supports killing babies up to five seconds before they're born. Two seconds, three seconds, four seconds before they're born. You can kill a baby at any point up until the point of birth in the mind of Joe Biden and his parties. Those are the laws that they're ramming through our culture. And when a place like Texas says, no, we don't agree with this, we think that if there's a, detect, a detectable heartbeat, that that's proof that there's a human being there. 
when there's a human body that has a detectable heartbeat, that is evidence that we have a living human being. And as a civil society of decent people, we don't believe in killing human beings that have detectable heartbeats. When Texas does that, what does Joe Biden and his administration do? They file suit to stop the people of Texas from implementing that law that would protect human beings that have detectable heartbeats. That's where we are. And I have people like these two former professors of mine. Dr. David Cochran that works at a Catholic institution now in Kansas, and Dr. Josh McNall, who still works at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, saying, we have a decent man in the White House. Uh, Do you not understand that you just suggested there's a moral equivalency between what Joe Biden supports and does? his support of sexual debauchery, his support of sex trafficking, his botched leadership in Afghanistan, the destruction of our economy, ships that can't even unload their cargo, the complete, the complete ignorance of, if not attack of, our personal freedoms, Do you not understand that that you're suggesting there's a moral equivalency between all of that and Donald Trump's admitted, I admit, poor behavior and his stupid tweets? Oh, my. Oh, my. We don't have a decent man in the White House. We don't have an honest man in the White House. You're actually saying that we have an honest man? This man is a proven pathological liar. He's been a plagiarist to the extreme. And you guys are professors. You should understand that plagiarism is a serious, serious sin. You're lying about your own work because it's not your own work. You stole it from someone else. But we have an honest man in the White House, a decent man. Who says F them when he walks out of a country and leaves people to be executed, beheaded, and young girls to be sold? Three-year-olds to be sold? I have no patience for evangelicals for Biden. No patience at all. I have no patience for those who claim to be Christian Democrats. Maybe a few years ago, yes, but not now. Not now. It's an oxymoron. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left.